2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 12. If you got it, say, I got it. I'm going to say what Pastor Stephen said. Y'all ready to rumble? Y'all ready to get into this? Come on. God's got a word I think it's going to help transform somebody's life. And it says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 12. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are hard-pressed on every sign, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. I said I was going to read 11 and 12. Let's scratch that. I think that's enough word that we need from that passage. That's good. Let's jump to Romans chapter 8, verse 11. 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. The title of my message is Come Back Power come back power. Do me a favor, push the person next to you and say, come back power. That was a tap. That was a touch. Come back power. Come on, Sir Russell. It's your moment. This is your time. Just go ahead. Say, I'm back power. Now look at the person who touched you. Say, touch me again. You will have no power to come back to. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Lord, transform our lives with your word. I pray, God, that your voice will be louder than mine at every campus. Move mightily. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say. Everybody say. Amen. 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 Come back power. Uh, As a father of an eight-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son, I find myself now watching movies that I never intended on watching. I find myself playing with toys and going to different places that I never intended on being a part of. I'm looking forward to mermaids now. I don't understand why, but just something going on in my life because of these kids. And my son, he is a huge superhero fan. He is all about superheroes all day, every day. And so because of him, I have had to get into, I've gotten to get into Avengers. Marvel characters, Avengers are now a normal part of my life. It is a whole cult. That's why people are like, ah, ah, ah. I didn't even say anything. All I said was Avengers and you felt it. Like Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. You just... I just felt it. I don't understand because I'm in. I'm into it now. This is I. I care for you so much that I'm going to give y'all ten seconds to turn to somebody and just tell them who your favorite Avenger is. Come on, at whatever campus you are, who is your favorite Avenger? Just tell them. For some of you, you've been waiting for this. You've been waiting for this. And by the way, I see a. I see an older saint looking at me. Said Jesus is my favorite Avenger. I see you, my mama, I see you. She, you looking right at me, she said, Jesus is the only superhero I need him. <laughs> Stop looking at me, okay? <laughs> my favorite Avenger, mama, my favorite Avenger is now Iron Man. Iron Man is my guy. I like Iron Man. I like part one, part two, part three, and part 28. I love them all. It's amazing. Iron Man. But here's what I love the most about Iron Man. What I love the most about Iron Man is Tony Stark. 
Tony Stark is hilarious to me. And what I find the most hilarious about Tony Stark is that he actually looks pretty normal. There's nothing special about his body at all. In fact, Tony Stark don't look like he could win a fight with an ant. I've yet to see him lift one weight. I've never seen a dumbbell in his hand. I've never seen him wrestling with somebody. Or, nope, Tony Stark looked like he eats donuts and just runs on the weekend. That's all he just, that's it. Plain looking guy, regular looking guy, wouldn't look threatening to you at all in any way, shape, or form. But let Tony Stark get in that suit. Now all of a sudden this plain old guy can now just dominate anybody. Any just he can just pick up the whole earth and just have the whole earth just in his hand and just I mean this guy can fly in his suit. He can destroy anybody in his suit. He can defeat any enemy in his suit. He can take over the world in his suit. He can just dominate the earth in his suit. He just happens to be the man without the suit. He's just a normal person, but in his suit he is absolutely incredible. Now to you it sounds like I'm detailing or describing Tony Stark but I'm really describing you as a believer you look normal on the outside you cry like everybody else you feel pain like everybody else you go through emotions like everybody else but you are not like everybody else there is a supernatural power that you carry with you every single day of your life because the scripture says in Romans 8 verse 11 that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead it ain't up in the sky it ain't somewhere all around it says that now it lives in you and if he lives in you, you got power that you don't even know you have. If you are a believer, you are jam-packed with some power. You are not just a nobody. You are not just a regular person. You are a supernatural being in what the Bible calls jars of clay. That's your problem. You have gotten so messed up by your jars of clay. You don't know that inside that jar of clay, he put a treasure on the inside. That he put his spirit on the inside and that spirit is alive in you you got all kinds of power you you got something called faith power what is faith power as a believer you have the ability to look at a mountain and tell that mountain be thou removed and cast into the sea guess what that mountain gotta get itself on up and go ahead and be cast into the sea some of y'all have walked into empty buildings and said this building shall be filled and now two years later that building got filled some of you have the nerve to go buy a house and touch the house and say I believe this house is mine and now you got the deed to the house in your hand some of you have touched an empty womb and that empty womb was barren at one season but because you had some faith power there's been babies coming out that womb ever since why because you got some faith power you have something called joy power what is joy power? You have the ability to smile through anything. You, you laugh with no comedian. You, you just go on ahead and just laugh. You can just be your own best friend. You, you got joy power because you got the joy on the inside. My grandfather used to say, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it so the world can't take it away. You just smile for no reason. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And, and you just think you fake. You ever felt fake? Like, I think I'm just being fake because I'm so happy. No, you're not being faith. You put on your Iron Man suit and you stepped into your joy power and you just said, hey! 
have something called love power. What is love power? You have the ability to like people who hate you. How do I know? Because you do it every day at work. You be wanting to cuss somebody out today and you be thinking I'm going in to cuss people out because I know they can't stand me. But then you go ahead in your supernatural suit and you walk in and you see the people who don't like you. You say, hey, y'all, come on in, come on in, come on in. Bring it in, bring it in. I hug for you, hug for you, hug for you. Love y'all. How did I do that? Because you got some power. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. You tried to cuck, 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 but you couldn't. So you say, cuck, cuck, how you doing? you have something called comeback power pastor what is comeback power comeback power is the ability to overcome any difficulty any obstacle any hardship through the supernatural strength of Jesus Christ what is comeback power? Columbia, UBC, write this down. Comeback power is the ability to overcome any difficulty, any obstacle, or any hardship through the supernatural strength of Jesus Christ. OMG, you have the ability to overcome anything. You can come back from anything. You lost your job, you can come back from that. You had a bad breakup, worst breakup you ever had in your life, you can come back from that. You just went through a difficult situation, you can come back from that. Oh, they foreclosed on your home? Really? Guess what? You can come back from that. You had to file bankruptcy? Okay, you can come back from that. You had a bad mental health outbreak in your mind and you were dealing with anxiety and all kinds. You can come back from that. Don't let me, don't, you, you, first of all, if you're here, that means you made it through a pandemic. Some, you can, I shouldn't have to, this shouldn't be hard. Because you went through a season where you could barely breathe and you had a mask on your face and now you got the ability to open up your mouth and work. That means you can come back from that. You can come back from anything. Now, please hear me. Please hear my heart. Please don't get this twisted. I am not saying stuff don't hurt us. I'm not saying we don't have to go to counseling. I'm not saying we don't grieve. I'm not saying that, that we don't go through some pain. I'm not saying that we don't cry. This is not that kind of message. What I am saying is that you may fall down, but you do not stay down. You can't. You won't. You come back from anything. And it's important I got to teach this because I grew up around a generation of people who, I mean, what they call it, you take a, a, a licking and keep on ticking. I mean, I grew up around a generation where they took a hit and they would just fall a little bit, but they get back up. But I'm dealing with a generation now that when y'all get hit, it's just like, uh, uh. That's it. I'm done. I'm just, I'm not, not serving anymore. I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not praying anymore. 
nobody better ever ask me out on another day. I'm not never dating again. This is it. And here you are, year after year, keep going by, and you are still laying in the same space that you've been in for the last five years because you have just got so much trauma and you have just decided that rather than getting up, I'm just going to stay here. And you're wondering why your prayers don't work. You're wondering why your life is dry. You're wondering why you wake up irritable every day. You're wondering why you don't see miracles. You can't see a miracle because you're too low for a miracle. You're down too low for God to even reach you. But I declare Romans 8, 11 over your life that if God can put a power in Jesus to get him up from the dead, then that same power is active. Get yourself up. Get off the floor. What are you doing down there? You got too much power in you. He said you're a jar of clay, but don't get it twisted. My spirit is in you. My treasure is in you. You may bend, but you don't break. It, it is vital that you understand. Ha, ha. So I said, Pastor, you are just being so insensitive. so insensitive you don't know how bad that thing was in my life you know, you know how many days I had to cry you know, how much, you, know how, you know what it felt to be betrayed by people that I trusted so pastor sounds cute what you saying but you don't understand what I went through no I understand what you went through you don't understand what you carry See, you worried about me doubting you. I'm worried about you doubting God. Why are you doubting what God can do in your life? Don't you know who he is? Don't you know what his name is? Don't you know that he's the God that stepped out on nothing and said, let that be light and light came out of no. Don't you know that he's the God that stood in front of a Red Sea and told the Red Sea to open and when the ocean opened up, the children of Israel walked through. Don't you know who God is? problem is not that I'm doubting what you're going through. I don't doubt what you go through. The problem is you're doubting the power that's on inside of you. I remember when my son was young. He was just young. And I remember when he used to crawl. When he first started crawling, we were so happy that he was crawling that we would cheer. Hey, he's crawling. Hey, he's crawling. But as he started to get taller and get older and he had the ability to walk, when he started crawling, we didn't cheer. I'd have to get down and say, son, use your legs. But daddy, but dad, no, 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 son, use your legs. Now he could say, daddy, you being insensitive. And I'm saying, no, son, I know what you carry. I know what you have. I know what you can do. And part of your problem is that you still want us to celebrate your crawling season. But we know that you got too much power. We know that you got legs. When are you going to get up? All right, we clap for your crawling years and we appreciate it. But can you start running? Can you stand up? Can you start walking? I promise you can do it. Because you have comeback power. So I'm going to give you three characteristics of a person with comeback power. Flowers, hanging with me. UBC, Hitler. Three characteristics of a person with comeback power. Number one, a person with comeback power, you see obstacles as platforms, not problems. 
When you have comeback power, you see obstacles as platforms, not problems. Now, I'm standing on a platform right now. Please don't make any short jokes. Don't start. Oh, yeah, because if you was on the floor, we wouldn't be able to see you. And blah, 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 okay. I'm on a platform so every person can see me. I'm on a platform. I'm in an elevated space so that everyone in the back can see me and hear me and all that good stuff. Here's the deal. What if the problem you're facing right now is actually a platform for God to elevate you so that he can reveal himself through you? Ooh, I'm about to mess with some people. Because God, see, you thinking about you. God don't think you. God always think we. And sometimes when you are going through something, there are people in your family that might be going through the same thing. So what God will do is he will use your problem as a platform to elevate himself so that people around you can see him through you and realize they can have victory in their life because of the victory that you're having in yours. Maybe that job layoff is a platform. Maybe that battle with depression is a platform. Maybe that difficult child is a platform. Maybe God is trying to use it to elevate you so that people can see what he can do in your life. <laughs> this is, this is, this, if this is true, then what this means is that when you go through problems, Your first reaction to a problem can't be to complain. I'm about to step on a toe, so please put on your shoes. It means that your first reaction to a problem is not to complain, but to rejoice. Problems are actually supposed to make you rejoice. Oh, they laid everybody out today. Ah, (laughs) ha, ha. This is a platform. God is getting ready to do something in my life. Oh, my Lord. Then I stole my car. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Let me call 911. Hey, 911. Let me call that 911. I want to let you know. They took my car. Ha-ha. <laughs> Why are you smiling? Because this might be a platform instead of a problem. Oh, pastor, that's just, see, this is why I don't go to church because positive thinking in 2023. And this is why I don't deal with that karma stuff. And this ain't nothing but the secret. He's just trying to do the secret on that. And I said, no, 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 let me give you some scripture. James chapter one, verse two and three. I love the way James says it. He starts, dear brothers and sisters. He's so nice, so polite. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. James said, smile. Say cheese. James said, count it as an He said, whatever the trial is, whatever the trial is, this is an opportunity for great joy. Let me give you an example. I was a youth pastor for six years in the city of Boston. So for six years, 
I spent my ministry as a youth pastor in the city of Boston. And in the city of Boston, I was a, I was, uh, we were a youth pastor in the inner city of Boston. And uh, I'm going to say something that no youth pastor can say, but I can say it because I'm no longer a youth pastor, so I can say it for them. But every youth pastor got at least one youth in their youth group that they pray don't come back to church. Y'all laughing because it was you. You you was the one. Your Sunday school teacher said, please don't let her come back. I had a kid in my youth group named Tyler. Every week, I used to pray that Tyler wouldn't come back to church. And here's the problem. The problem is that all the good kids are inconsistent. But them crazy kids, they be there every single week. That's because the good kids, their parents take them on trips. The crazy kids, their parents drop them off at their church. Here they are. This is for you, Pastor. And they would give you a glimmer of hope every week because they come in late. So we'd be singing the first song, and I'm like, oh, this is good. And then right before it's over, here come the crazy guy. Like, I'm here. Pastor, come on, why are you picking on kids? Because I'm telling you, this is you, Pastor. I had some problems. This is pray for me. He had some crazy kids. Crazy kids was whatever we were doing, he was going to do the opposite. When we would be singing, Tyler's going to talk. We would be singing songs like, wrap me in your arms, wrap me in your arms, just singing to the Lord. Tyler would be looking at the girls like, take me to that place. Wrap me in your arms. I was like, Tyler, stop. Worship. I'd be preaching, and Tyler would talk, and only 15 kids in the group. He's the loudest person just talking on his phone. He would pick up a phone, take a call. Tyler, I'm preaching. Stop. And so we threw this event one year. And it was one of those events where we invited all the churches to this event. It's going to be all these kids. And so I was afraid that Tyler was going to embarrass me. So I said to Tyler, hey, when he got up, got there, I said, Tyler, today I'm going to make you a junior counselor. And what I did was I gave him a walkie-talkie. And I said, you are now a junior counselor. I said, hold this walkie. I said, anytime I come on a walkie, you respond. Here's what we need. He was so excited. Like, are you serious? You're going to give me a walkie? Oh, he started walking around like, come on now. Come on. You know, I just say random stuff. Tyler, go to the bathroom. Just tell me if there's still tissue in there. Yep, I'm going in there right now. PB, PB, PB. There's tissue in the bathroom. Perfect, Tyler. Perfect, perfect. At one point, I said, Tyler, go outside. Tell me if the moon is still there. He went outside. He said, pee, 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 pee. The moon is still here. Good job, Tyler. <laughs> what ended up happening is that Tyler was so excited. He got so much identity being a junior counselor that for the first time, he heard me preach. And he gave his life to God that night and got saved. And then the next week, he came back with more Tylers. And then the week after that, he 
He brought some more Tylers with him. And they all came to the door like, ah! What I didn't know was that Tyler was the most popular kid in the biggest high school in our city. And when he got saved, he evangelized that entire school. And that group of 15 turned into a group of three to 400. Why? Because what I thought was a problem was really a platform that God was trying to use to reveal himself. And here you are complaining about the stuff you're going through. God said you might want to keep your mouth shut because you have no idea. I'm getting ready to blow up something in your life. Can you keep quiet? just for a second so I can move in your life. Maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's a platform. The second characteristic of a person with comeback power, you survive in environments other people drown in. When you have comeback power, You survive in environments other people drown in. Yes, I know that when the average person grows through that, they break, but not you. Yes, the last 10,000 people who had that experience didn't make it back, but you did. Because you survive in environments that other people tend to drown in. You are a believer. Hear me. When the average person goes through problems, they always try to find the closest thing that they can to medicate themselves from the problem. And what the enemy does is he sets you up. He creates a problem in your life. And then once he created the problem in your life, he sends the thing to medicate you during that problem. So yes, the average person, when they go through something, they say, you know what, just go give me some weed. Let me smoke this problem away. Go ahead, give me some alcohol. Let me just go ahead and drink this thing until I can forget. You know what? Let me just go ahead and just just become a workaholic. I'm just going to work every single day so I never have to stop and think about what's happening in my life. But not you. You're not normal. When you go through stuff, you come right into the house of God. You lift your hands in the air. You wave them like you really do care. When Jesus Christ is in your life, you scream out, oh yeah. Why? Because you know that I don't need weed. I don't need this. I came because I know that I'm going through the worst situation of my life, but still this is the day that the Lord has made, so I will rejoice and I'll be glad in him. That's why David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. That means good times, bad times, raise, promotion, demotion, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Matter of fact, some of you are in this room right now because you could have medicated on something last night, but you dragged yourself in here and you said, I came to give God a shot of praise because I'm not going back to foolishness. I'm not about to numb myself with something dumb. I came because God do something for my life. That's why you got to leave some people alone when they got to worship sometime because sometimes they just need an outlet to say, can I get 10 seconds just to say, God, thank you for keeping me. God, thank you for keeping me alive. God, I give you praise. Can I, can I show you a savage scripture? Savage. This is Psalms 23, verse 4. David says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear 
no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Pastor, why you say that savage? Because it's the walk for me. If I was writing that scripture, I would have said, yea, though I run quickly through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I sprint through the valley. David said, no, I'm going to walk this thing out. You're not going to rush me through this season, even though I'm in the darkest valley you can be in. I got dead things over here. I got dead things over here. That thing died in my life. That thing died in my life. But I'm not running. I'm going to walk through this valley because I know who's with me. Because I survived an environment that other people drown in. Yep, everybody else runs through this, but I'm slow walking this thing because God's got his hand on my life and I'm not leaving this until he's finished doing everything he wants to do. I'm from Boston. In Boston, when you want some biscuits, I see a biscuit spirit over, just leaped up. My God. When I wanted a biscuit in Boston, I went to the grocery store, I went to the frozen area, and I got me some Pillsbury. Get the can, soup, boop. And I take them little fluffy things, and I start sitting them on the, the thing, the baking sheet, and then two seconds later, I got me 20 biscuits. The challenge is that You can eat 20 Pillsbury biscuits and not be full at all. Still be starving. I was eating Pillsbury biscuits like chips. Like, all right, where's where's the next one? But I live in North Carolina now. In North Carolina, you want a biscuit, you get yourself a homemade biscuit. With some real dough, some real stuff. And half of a biscuit will put you to sleep for eight hours. You, you, I'm eating half a biscuit. Say, y'all put gravy on this? You gravy goes on top? I don't need no gravy, dog. A gravy all over that bed. A half a biscuit. Why? Because a Pillsbury biscuit and a homemade biscuit look the same. But they ain't got the same weight. They ain't got the same substance. They ain't got the same depth. They ain't got the same power. We don't have the same ingredients, which is why you got to be careful when you are a believer and you keep comparing yourself to unbelievers because you got something just a little different. And if you are an unbeliever in this room, I'm inviting you to get some weight on the inside of you. When you get this spirit on the inside, I'm telling you the wind may blow, the waves may go, but you're not going to pray because you are anchored in something strong. I want you to be anchored in something stronger than a cute relationship. That ain't no anchor. That ain't no anchor. Money is not an anchor. Your job is not an anchor. Your anchor, my grandfather said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his right. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy lean on Jesus. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground 
sinking sand. You will never know what you're made of until your back gets up against a wall. See, we like to sing in the church. You made a way. So cute. Ooh. Then I'm back against the wall. This is so cool. And then that is not a song. That is a lifestyle. Is there anybody that got your back up against a wall right now? Your back is up and you're saying, God, you're going to make a way out of no way. Is there anybody that said that ain't just a cute song I sing? That's the life I live every day. When my back is up against a wall, I don't cry or die. I multiply. Why? Because I got a strength. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. why Paul said I can do all things that's not a joke that's not a slogan that's not something he put on his car that ain't a tweet I can do all things rich poor I can do it up down I can do it because I got a power that the world don't have Number three, my last point. Third characteristic of a person with comeback power. Loss creates expectation, not worry. Sean, come up here and play so I can get off the stage. Loss creates expectation, not worry. I, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a channel the, the DNA of our pastor. Our pastor, Pastor, he's, he's a nice guy. I mean, he just give you shirt off his back. Uh, but he got a little savage in him. Especially when it comes to spiritual matters. The man don't play. One of the principles he has taught me is this principle of understanding that loss should create some expectation. Let me tell you something. If you've been dating somebody and they broke up with you, I understand it hurts, but at some point you got to be like, okay. All right. Your loss. I could have brought favor in your life. I could have blessed you. All you have done is given me an opportunity to give this blessing to somebody. A good God, y'all. All you have done is allow me to give this favor. To, you should say, loss, I'm alert now. God, where's the next open door? I had a job let me off one time, and I said, oh, there goes the favor. <laughs> Economy was bad, and they started laying everybody off. And I walked out the door, I said, okay, there goes, there goes the favor. Oh, Pastor, that was arrogant. No, I know what I carry. I know what's on the inside of me. I know what I bring to the table. And I am telling you that loss, let me tell you something. I'm going to help somebody out. When somebody cheats you, Please get out of those Instagram comments. Please stop. Get off of Facebook. When somebody cheats you, you don't have to say a word. All that has happened is you giving God an opportunity to avenge the situation. When people mess with you, you got to say, you know what? When we were dealing with each other fair and square, man, everything was all right. But now that you tried to do me wrong, I got to back on up because God is my avenger. God's going to fight this battle for me. You actually was better off with me. But now that you're trying to do all this manipulation stuff, I guess I just got to back on up so my avenger could stand up on my behalf. Yeah. 
I'm going to show you a scripture that Pastor Stephen taught me, Exodus 22, 2 and 4. It is a principle that you have to live your life by. It says, if a thief is caught breaking in at night and is struck a fatal blow, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. But if it happens after sunrise, the defender is guilty of bloodshed. Then it says this, anyone who steals must certainly make what? Restitution. But if they have nothing, they must be sold to pay for their what? Theft. And then verse 4 says, if the stolen animal is found alive in their possession, whether ox or donkey or sheep, they must pay back how much? Listen to me. That is a principle. Now you're sitting there saying, I, I see ox, donkey, I'm lost, Pastor. You just use that's over my head. Hear me, Columbia, hear me, hear me. What the principle is, is if a thief steals something from you, then you got to get restitution back. And oftentimes that restitution may often be double what they took from you. Well, Jesus comes to tell us they're the thief. And the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you life and life in abundance. Which means when the devil tries to take stuff from you, he's got to pay you back everything that he stole from you. And if he doesn't, then double is owed to your life. And some of you, the enemy took your peace. He took your joy. He took your hope. He took your family. He took your wife. He took your kids. What you gonna do about that? You better rise up and get some comeback power and say, I'm about to take back everything that the enemy took from my house everything he took from my last name everything he took from my bloodline everything he took I came to get it back I'm going to tell you the story and then I'm going to pray for every person in here there was a father who gave his son a hat when he gave his son a hat son went to school that day and when the son came back, he came home without the hat. His father said, son, what happened to the hat? Son said, dad, when I went outside, the kids in the neighborhood, they beat me up and they took my hat. He said, son, get out there, go get your hat back. His son said, dad, I can't, just, I just can't, they beat me up. The dad said, son, stay here, I'll be right back. Dad went outside. When he came back to the house, he had his son's hat in his hand. But he didn't just have his son's hat. He took the hat of every kid that was outside in the neighborhood. Why? Because when God gives you something back, he don't just give you what the enemy took. He's going to give you your mother's stuff. He's going to give you your kid's stuff. He's going to give you what the enemy took from your generation. Is there anybody in the room that say, I want my hat back? Yeah, he took some hats from your life. But God says, I feel a comeback season in your life. And I'm getting ready to return everything that the enemy stole. Can I get somebody in this room just to open up your mouth and say it's my comeback season yeah it's my comeback time yeah I was down last night but I'm up now I have fallen but I'm on my feet now can somebody open your mouth in this place and say God the same spirit that raised my Jesus I activate that spirit in my life I call for that spirit rise in me everybody to be seated the greatest comeback you can have in your life is to make a decision that I'm coming out of darkness 
coming out of dead things. I'm entering into life. I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation right now. If you saying, I don't want to leave this room without knowing that my life, my heart belongs to God. This entire time that I've been speaking, something in your heart has been happening. I want to pray for you. I need everybody to pray this prayer because some of you are praying it for the first time. You might be a little nervous, but you're not going to do it by yourself. you got a team of people around you and we got you. So come on, let's pray. Say, Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son, the Lord Jesus Christ to die for me. I give my life to you. Come into my heart. Save me now. I am yours and you are mine. Today I come back. Today I get up. Today I take my place in your kingdom. And so Lord I love you and I make you Lord today. In Jesus name. Let everybody say come on let everybody say Come on, put your hands together in this.